All right. Hey, y'all. Will here, and this is Stories with Mr. Stories. And if you're still here, thank you. Um, I took a couple weeks off of podcasting because of a couple of projects I've been working on um, and trying to recover from the Arnold, which is uh, what me and my guest Jerry talk about today. Um, He has yet to go. Well, no, sorry. The Arnold was his first uh, weightlifting competition that he's photographed. That was a national event. So um i originally had him on to talk about that and talk about his experiences um and then our conversation just took a turn and we just started talking about uh the fundamentals of photography film photography um we talk about gosh we got we we talked about the whole gamut of things uh we talked about the strength stage at the rogue uh uh, sorry the rogue strength stage at the arnold um we talked about having six platforms we also talk about um some of the concerns we have with media and stuff like that. So um, if you're into that sort of thing, I really hope you dig this episode. Um, you can find Jerry at Squatches Media, uh, at Squatches underscore media on Instagram. And uh, I really hope you enjoy this episode. It was brought to you by the app called OfferUp, which I've just learned and that's uh, an app I need to stay off of because you can find really cool stuff. Um, yeah, so go ahead and enjoy this episode and i hope to uh chat to you soon uh how did you what happened to your shutter oh i was taking photos uh at my gym and it was working fine and then all of a sudden the screen just went black i couldn't see anything through my viewfinder and i couldn't see anything on the lcd screen uh-huh. And so I was like, okay, maybe, you know, sometimes like the camera will like clean the sensor. Yeah. Um, so I thought that's what was going on. I was like, okay, it's buffering. I turned it off, turned it back on and it was just, it was black and I couldn't figure it out. So I took the lens off and sure enough, the, the shutter was closed. So I was like, oh no, I think this is the equivalent of like, uh, like, I don't know if it was Xbox or PlayStation or whatever PC, whenever you get like a red screen or like this like logo in the middle, but it was like, oh the my red God, yes. Death. Yeah. Yep. Oh, so Lord. I saw that and I was like, oh, this is, this is it. My life has ended means. now. Yeah. And funny enough, I thought, so I started getting into like trying to get like the little light streaks in my photos. So that's what I was doing. I was like kind of whooshing the camera around, whipping it around. Yeah. So I thought, oh shit, did I do something? Like, did I like whip the camera too hard and like something, you know, dislodged? I don't know. It could have been that. It could have just been, you know, I bought the camera off the lens. So I don't know if maybe like that was just, you know, the the, the shutter's oh, yeah. last shot. The last breath. Yeah. Cause the like, shutter, like you have, uh, every camera has like a different shutter lifespan to it. Um, yeah. I think for like most Canons, they, say like the shutter acquisitions like 200,000 that doesn't seem right maybe it's 200,000 I don't know I feel like I feel like you can get that really quick yeah me too that's why I'm like I don't think that's right I'm don't don't listen to me I don't know what I'm talking about but there is a limit to like how many um shutter acquisitions you can have um and that's why recently I've started to just shoot with electronic shutter yeah because I've shot mechanical and I I need to learn like the benefits and the differences between the two. I mean, so with electronic, you do have to worry about banding, um, which you kind of have to worry Mm -hmm. about with um, any sort of mirrorless system because oftentimes it'll allow you to do like an electronic first curtain, first, oh my God, first curtain shutter, which essentially means like you'll have the e-shutter go off and then your mechanical shutter to start and end the exposure. Um, Mm -hmm. So you can get more frames per second Um, and you can introduce some banding that way. but you, the really what you have to worry about is refresh rates of like uh, LED lights and stuff like that. And a lot of cameras will have a built-in um, flicker, uh, flicker avoidance sort of situation where it won't take a photo if the light is going to be weird. Right. So I don't know. I, I really enjoy the electronic shutter because I can get like 20 frames per second with my R5. Um and some systems are a little bit wonky. Like the R, I had the R too, and the electronic shutter on that thing sucked. I couldn't use it at all. But they really updated the software for the R5, and it was a lot better. 
Um, yeah, and I mean, you having the R5, like we were talking about the other day, like who knows how much it costs to get that thing repaired. So the longer you can like get that thing, the longer you can have that working and functioning right, the better for you, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'm pretty sure it's at, at least double what mine cost. I don't even want to think about it. I don't want to think about it. Because I remember I was talking to someone who uh, owned a 1DX and their shutter finally gave out after like three years. And it was going to be so expensive to fix that they were better off buying a new camera. And I was like, if it costs that much, Dude. I don't want to mess with it. I don't That's want it. crazy. Yeah. But 1DXs are also like shit brick houses. So I guess to get in there <laughs> and fix it would be kind of a pain. But it's, um, it's more of like, yeah. Yeah, it's bananas those things are have you ever held one i'm sorry i know this is like not at all what we were planning to talk about but have you ever held one of those damn things no okay literally so I, like go ahead they're so thick they are so thick i so i have the r5 with a battery attachment right like the battery grip mm -hmm. thingy so it's like the same ish height but the thickness the thickness of the on 1dx like all of them it's insane it feels like you're carrying around Dude. like a cinder block that's kind of what the Nikon F4 that I have is like. Oh, is yeah. Big, dude. Like, this thing, it's a. Yeah. It's a, it's a brick. And I love it, dude. I oh love Oh, my God. I didn't know you had an F4. <laughs> yeah. I started, oh. I posted that recently. So I can imagine yeah, the 1DX being pretty. something like this. Yeah. What I like about, so this is what I really enjoy about like the mirrorless systems now is they mimic and they feel more like a film camera because the film cameras are mm -hmm. like a lot um, uh, thinner, a lot more narrow. But yeah, that F4 is beautiful. How long have you had that? I just bought it like, I think in January. F quick funny oh. story. I was like, I was on offer up for days. Like that is such a dangerous app because there's so much stuff that people are trying to get rid of and so much stuff that you might want. And so I was looking for a Nikon F3. Yeah. What's get it called? Offer up? Offer up. <laughs> okay. So I wrote it in my notes. <laughs> you, you, can, you can put stuff up there that you want to sell or you can search stuff that you want to buy off people that, you know, want to, they have it up for sale. And so I had a friend who was selling a Nikon F4 and I was like, ah, I don't need to spend on it. So I passed up on it. And then when I finally decided, you know what? I want it. And he's like, oh, dude, I sold it. So I was like, okay, it's not meant to be. I'm going on offer up. And, you know, sure enough, a couple weeks later, I see a guy who was selling an F4 for a really cheap price. Meet up with him. I bought the camera and I post about it. And then my buddy calls me and he's like, dude, did you get that camera from, I forget what his name was. And I was like, yeah, man, it's awesome. And he's like, I traded some stuff. I traded my Nikon F4 for some stuff that he had and he's like that's my camera so like it was such a funny coincidence <laughs> that's bananas i love that the what odds of that happening i thought were wild what lenses do you have for the f4 i just got an 85 and okay. a 105 so i have because it's an uh it's like the old time nikon lens mount right mm -hmm. okay so i have this like 28 um, this 28 2.8, um, that I, I used to have a Nikon EM, but then the same sort of situation happened where the shutter just stopped working. Um, mm -hmm. and then I switched to, uh, that's right. I switched to the Canon Elon 7E, which looks like a 5D. It's basically like the 5D was based off of this thing. Mm -hmm. So I have this 28 and I have no, I, I have no use for it. Like I've, thought about getting like a um adapter for it or whatever but if you want it let me know because i mean Dude. i think i paid like 70 bucks for it so i could if you if you want it if, yeah man if you, if you don't have a need for it i'd love to take it cool i bought i got the 85 and the 105 with the intention of just taking hella portraits yeah and so i'm lacking a little a little wide a little context giver yeah so, that's, dude, that's yeah. really great. How big is the 85? I'm sorry. We're not on topic at all. I don't even care. So they're not Nikon lenses. This one's a Rokinon. So here's the 85. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, context of my size. Yeah, it looks so like an 85. One, 
And this is the 105. Ooh. So that one's mm -hmm. that one's Nikon, yeah. This one is Nikon, yeah. Okay, yeah, that looks Nikon. This one is a 2.5 and then the 85 is a 1.4. So I get some yeah. juiciness out of the 85. Hell yeah, you will. But you know, I bought these off offer up as well. Well, I'm uh, I also just found out how dangerous Poshmark is. So now I found two dangerous apps and I need to get my shit under yeah. control. If God. you start spending lavishly and your wife gets mad at you, do not throw me under the bus. All right, deal. I won't <laughs> say that. It was definitely Jerry. Jerry got me hooked. Okay, oh, really quick. How do you... Okay, so every time I look at your Instagram handle, it throws me off. Because it's it's squat, Squatch... Squatches? Squatches. Squatches. Squatches yeah. Media. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um. And how long have you been shooting? I mean, I picked photography, up a camera. not guns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I picked up a camera in like 2017, 2016. Okay. It was like I didn't, I didn't really care. I like messed around with it. It wasn't really until like 2020 that I started diving into it a lot. And then last year was when I fully committed to photographing weightlifting events so i'm pretty fresh i'm pretty new to this oh wow cool and you're um you uh the reason i heard of you like how i got turned on to you is um of uh, oh my god elena alana? alana alana see and i i get your name mixed up and i get her name mixed up and i feel terrible every time <laughs> um and so uh and you guys both train out of socal right yeah Okay. And so that's kind of where you, well, from what I understand, that's where you started photographing weightlifters and stuff. Um, and then did like, after they started hosting meets, is that when you wanted to start documenting things? So like, how did that all happen? Um, I think, uh, so I was, I was, I was photographing for my gym in orange, which is called Rep Max. And, uh, just, so I was giving them photos for their, their social media and like internet and whatnot, or not internet, <laughs> their website, put it on the internet. And uh, then I was kind of shooting for fun over at SoCal. And then one of the guys that coaches there, Cody, he was like, hey, man, if you want to shoot at our next meet, like you're more than welcome to. So-and-so did it a couple months ago, and uh, he sold some photos and made some decent money. So I was like, yeah, I'll think about it. And um, thought about it. And I was like, dude, yeah, count me in. Like, what do I, I got to do? And he's like, dude, just set up wherever you want. Um, whatever you need, we're here for you. And that was in July of last year. And uh, that was fun. That was cool. I just camped out in front of the competition platform and I just went wild on the shutter. I just held my finger down on it, every competition lift. And then in between sessions or lifts, I would run to the back room and get some back room stuff. And then as soon as the session started again, I would run back to in front of the platform. I quickly learned not to do that. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, you'll man. burn through that some data that way really quick. I, and then I, that's when I learned how big, uh, raw files were. Oh, you weren't shooting raw before then, or you no. were, and you just didn't. Okay. I was, but I just didn't, I like, I didn't, I didn't know the difference really. I didn't know that, you know, like in my, like 20 photos was a gig, one gigabyte. And I'm sure like full frame, like you could probably fill up a gig, like way quicker than that. Probably with half. Yeah. But I got home that night. And I was sorting through photos and my laptop couldn't handle. I had to, I took like 15,000 the first day. Oh my God. It was absurd. Yeah. It was absurd. So you I have really cut that quick. number down significantly. <laughs> good. Good. Yeah. And so the reason I wanted to like get more of your background in film and stuff, I was wondering if you would um, like, did you learn how to shoot on film or is learning, or are you learning film now? Uh, I kind of picked them both up at the same time. Okay. Um, I don't actually remember when exactly I picked up film, but, um, yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't really remember, but I think like film definitely helped me learn the digital camera, like a lot quicker. Yeah. I think, Cause it, um, obviously film being manual, basically everything. Mm -hmm. so by the time i got to digital i was like oh this is easy the camera's doing everything for me 
Yeah, exactly. No, I think it's really important for, I mean, I talk about this probably too much, but I really think it's important for <clears throat> photographers to learn the traditional ways of like shooting film. Um, because it like you, if you learn the base fundamentals with that and it makes shooting literally anything else that much easier, it makes yeah. shooting video easier. It makes shooting photos easier. <clears throat> it makes picking up any camera and you can function with it within like five or 10 seconds. You can figure Pretty it much. out. It's um, like, <clears throat> it's the equivalent of like driving, being able to drive stick. If you can drive stick, you can drive like any car. Yep, exactly. Basically. Um, but I think the other important <clears throat> lesson that film teaches you is uh, being selective because you only have 24, 36 exposures, right? You don't have 128 gigabytes to fill up. You have 24 frames and that's it. And so you have to be really yeah. careful about what you're shooting because um, you can't overshoot. You, you just, you can't. Um, yeah, and it's also expensive, right? Like roles, you don't want to waste those. I mean, the role, depending on the role, the prices will vary, but you yeah. can get it. I've, I've bought it as cheap as like eight bucks, which is like yeah. super affordable, but I've also bought up to like a role that was like 16 bucks yeah. per role. Yeah. Which was that, what, what kind of film was it? I think that one was, was Portra. It was like Portra 160 or something like that. What the yeah. fuck? Where are you buying these off? Where are you buying these from? I bought this off. I think it was like my local uh, photo lab. So I don't know if I don't know if I was getting ripped off. Uh, they have like a very select, very small inventory of film. So I don't know if they're hiking up the prices themselves, but the prices are still like around that area for a lot okay. of these roles. Um. So I'll I'll send you a link to the my camera company that's local because you can get a Portra four hundred, you can get a roll for like five or six bucks. I Shut think up. I'm pretty Dude, sure. There's no way. So well, I I'll send you the link later. We can look at this later. But okay. sixteen dollars for a roll of Portra one sixty is bananas. I know it's a great film. Like that's eight hundred. It was it was Portra eight hundred. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. So that'd be a little bit more pricey. But even still, it shouldn't be sixteen dollars. Yeah. But um like Portra 400 is my favorite film stock and that it's beautiful right but yeah it's a it's a little yeah it's it's fun again to film but you quickly learn that you're not you're gonna be your wallet's gonna be hurting yeah and you can learn to like doing the uh chemicals and stuff at home is uh it's a lot cheaper for sure but it's a massive pain in the ass if like if you're doing it pretty consistently and you have um like big containers that you can store the chemicals in safely it's great because all you do is just like make a huge batch of it and then you can reuse like the fixer like once or twice developer once but like um it the the process becomes more seem streamlined if you're doing it often but if you have to mix the chemicals mm -hmm. each time to do it it takes up a whole like three or four hours to get everything yeah. set up and temperatures right for c41 it just but yeah, anyway, well, I mean, I, I guess we should maybe talk about um, the Arnold because that's, uh, I thought what we were going to talk about. Today. I'm really glad we've talked about other things, but um, so this was your first uh, national level event um, photographing. Is this also, have you competed at a national event? Once, yeah. Okay. Uh, like a, a university in like 2016. Oh, nice. Was, in 2016. was that at, uh, was that in New Orleans? It was. Okay, yeah, nice. Um, uh, I had a couple friends that competed there. Um, cool. So it's not like your first experience ever into a national like backroom or national event, no. but um, it was your first time photographing it. Yeah. Um, what was your sort of initial impression of the scale of it? Um, and just like your just like your initial impression of everything that was going on when we first got there um and like i saw like the six platforms in the back <clears throat> again this being my first national meet um i like i said i didn't have any expectations so i think that kind of helped so i was i got there and i was i didn't feel overwhelmed i just felt like whoa this is gonna be big um and then when we got to the first day of competition um yeah, like I just I looked at everything. I'm like, okay, cool. Like this is what we're working with today, uh, and 
yeah, I, I think it really helped not having expectations for sure. Cause I didn't yeah. feel like, like, oh man, like this is, this is going to beat me up kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I, and being introduced to a national meet like this, if you go to like, uh, I guess nationals was even five platforms this year. So I really hope we'll get back down to three platforms at some point in the near future, yeah. but oh my like God. looking back, looking back now, like at the time, I didn't really realize how many people were in the back room. I was just like so focused in what I was doing and like getting out of making sure that I was out of the way. Yeah. Um, that it wasn't until I was talking to other weightlifters who competed there. They're like, dude, the back room was an absolute mess. There was too many it people. Was. I'm like, you know what? There was. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was completely oblivious, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. Though, and I, there were even a couple of like teams that had to get talked to because they just had so many people, like five or six people helping to load for yeah, one you platform. Don't, you don't, you don't need that. Like you're not person. supposed to have that. Yeah. Like one coach, yeah. one loader, you're good. Um, but no, I definitely, I saw that happening a lot. It was bananas. Like this is, there's way too many people and there's not enough space for all you guys. You got to get the hell out of here. Yeah. Um, I think at one point I didn't see this, but uh, a friend of mine said that there was like a stroller, like in the woman area, like some woman walked in with her stroller and was just kind of hanging out. Like, dude, that's so not okay. Wow. I mean, like, it's being like a safety hazard. Like you don't want some baby to just get like clocked by a barbell that just took a wrong bounce. Yeah. (laughs) And that's really tough. Cause if it's like a coach and she doesn't have anyone to watch her kid, she has to like take her kid to coach. Like that's one thing. But if you just have a kid back there for any other reason, I don't see why that would be a good idea. Maybe I'm not thinking about this correctly either, but I, I feel Don't like yeah, a coach would a definitely idea. find a babysitter. I think a coach would find a babysitter. I would for think, sure. but like, I'm just trying to think of like absolute like worst case scenario for this person yeah. to have a baby in the back room. Wow. Okay, but you know, like I said, maybe we're thinking about it wrong because we're we don't have I I don't have kids. You have kids? Yeah. Nope. I have a so dog. Maybe, that is that's kid enough for me. Yeah. Same. Same. I've got a little shithead. Uh, likes to bark at everything. But yeah, yeah. No. I'm sorry. Anyway, yeah. I don't. Wow that's bananas. I'm going to stop thinking about that now. Okay. But yeah. So, and then going to the rogue stage and that having that be just one platform and, um, pretty much the exact opposite of what was going on at the other convention center, because for people that didn't go to the Arnold, which I don't know who didn't go to the Arnold because there's so many fucking people. Um, but if you didn't go to the Arnold, uh, we were in a completely different venue. It was like a seven minute drive away. Um, it was like one exit down the road, uh, from the convention center, Mm, two exits. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there was competition going on, on Thursday and Friday. And if you wanted to go to the rogue stage, you had to leave the competition venue and drive over to the convention center, um, where they just had the rogue stage, like in the expo hall. Um, and that's where we had the big crowd and everything. Um, it's where you saw a lot of like the strongman, big stage sort of things going on there was like a bench press competition and stuff I think there was a squat competition maybe the whole powerlifting competition i don't know doesn't matter but um seeing the juxtaposition of the six platforms all of this bananas nonsense going on and then going to one platform and sort of like dealing with all that stuff what was that like for you um i wasn't even i wasn't even planning on going um so valence and i teamed up and we took work on together. Um, and so we started racking up a lot of people who were at the other venue to photograph. So we were like, it's either one of us goes or none of us goes. And I was like, you know what? Most of, most of everyone is over here. Like I'm, I'm totally happy shooting everybody that's like at this other venue at, at the Celeste Center. And so I was like, you know what? Like I'm, I'm not too worried about going to the Rogues platform and so we're like, okay, cool. I'm shooting. I'm, I'm covering a guy mid snap session. Valence comes over to me. And he's like, dude, you're going. He like gave me the keys to the car that we rented. He's like, you gotta go, finish the snap session, and then like get out of here. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, when I get there, it, it being um, like a significantly higher like level of competition, 
I was definitely very worried about like, or not worried, I was very aware of me being this like completely new face, um, especially when I walked into the warm-up room, um, you know, like you, it was, it was you and, and Will, uh, not Will, Stu that was back there. So I was like, you guys are the familiar faces. Here's this random dude that just like peeked through the curtains. So I was very aware of that. And I was like, I'm gonna make sure I don't make anyone feel uncomfortable. I know this is an important competition for everybody. So I kind of stayed off to the side, um, out of the way and just kind of shot from a distance. And like, as I started getting more comfortable and I felt like the lifters there knew that I was there, then I started kind of walking more towards the middle, more towards, you know, the behind the stage. Um, but that was definitely, it was a different vibe for sure. Um, there's more, there's more at stake at that, at that, uh, at that session. So I was definitely more cautious as to where I was and like what I was doing. So yeah, it was awesome though, man. I loved it there. I came, yeah, I came back to the Celeste Center still hyped. Oh, dude, I came back to Celeste Center and I was like, I can't be here. I got to go. I can't, yeah. I got I need to lay down. I need to not hear anything. Uh, cause it was so damn loud. So it was Stu. So, uh, Matt, Stu, Ryan, and I, piled into my car and we drove over there at like noon and then we got mm -hmm. back to the Celeste center at six so we were there for a nice i like the stick on the bottom of the mug that's good uh sorry there's a uh what would what, what, hang loose there's a hang loose stick on the bottom of, is that what that's called this little shotgun yeah okay so the thumb sticking out the picky sticking out that's called a shotgun mm -hmm. okay shaka s-h-a-k-a Oh, shaka. Okay. So there's a shaka on the bottom of this mug and it's good. Uh, so we, we were there for a solid six hours. And while we were there, there was a strongman competition happening behind us. And then there was also a pole dancing event going on in front of the rogue stage. So there was oh, just a lot of I screaming. That. <laughs> <laughs> to be was fair, it like literally in front of the rogue stat, the platform. Yeah. Like, were you lifting and like, boom, there's like pole dancing? Yeah, you could see it. Yeah. Nice. I wonder if nice. that. <laughs> when, like, you get introduced and they go up to the bar to kind of find their focal point and like, there's a pole right there. Yeah. I wonder if that uh, threw anybody off. I honestly didn't know what was going on until, so Viv left her jacket um, with the med staff. And so Stu and I were about to leave and then Ryan calls us. Uh, Ryan's the owner of Lifting Life. He calls us and he's like, hey, have you guys left yet? No, we're just getting into the car now. He's like, okay, Viv left her jacket back in the med station. I was like, oh, crap. We got to go through this crowd again. So we like hike from the uh, parking garage down into the convention center, find Viv's jacket. And on the way back, there's all these people like surrounding these poles. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then I saw the sign. It was pole. There was a pole dance competition going on. So, um, <laughs> nice. good news is, is that mostly, most likely, lifters didn't know it was happening because I could like I was walking around the venue for like six hours and I barely noticed. Dude, I didn't even notice it. Yeah. yeah. So, good thing it probably wasn't um, a big deal. But one thing I found that was really curious about the rogue stage was they put the like the entrance was right behind the lifter which was very odd um, mm -hmm. because you've seen how like in international competitions um, in local off competitions, side. opposite sides. Right. Um, and they do that because you're like, if you're behind the lifter, like jumping up and down or doing whatever, just like walking around behind the lifter, it can make it hard for like judges to see if there was any sort of um, like thing wrong with the lift. Right. Um, so the fact that they put the coach and then the other, like the marshal behind the lifter was so wild to me. Um, yeah, it, it definitely made for some pretty freaking badass shots though. It definitely did. Especially that cause was... like you could see, cause what I really liked was like, uh, and I think Matt showed me this, but like right behind. So, oh my God, really quick, the layout of the situation here, maybe Jerry, you could, you, maybe you might be able to like explain it better. I'm going to go ahead and try to explain it because I have not going to be able to. So you want me to explain? The rogue stage and like how it was elevated and like all the back room and everything. Oh, okay. So yeah. So you have the competition platform, which was obviously like elevated. It was like good, what, four or five feet in the air? Like at least four feet. Ground. Yeah. Yep. And 
behind the competition platform, there was like, uh, like another platform. It was like, like stairs on each end and then like another platform behind it. Yeah. And like, that's where the chairs were for you to, like, if you were on deck, um, to then go onto the platform. Um, yeah. Is that, is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Um, and so if you were like chilling behind that, the back part of that partition where between like the competition platform and then there was the corral area for lifters, if you were standing behind that, so in the back room, which was ground level and Mm -hmm. you looked right through, uh, the curtain, you could see the backside of the lifter. Um, and that was like the best spot to be for a lot of different um scenarios especially like someone's last clean your jerk attempt that was the place to be there's one photo i got of uh her name's shayla i I can't remember uh, shayla more iron grace yep uh i got her last clean and jerk and like she's just jumping up and down and i'm just taking pictures like this is gonna be gold and um i i get home i open them up and it was like all out of focus and my heart just like oh no there is so there is I don't know maybe it's just me and maybe it's me just trying to make myself feel better but I, like there's some photos where I'm like you know what it's out of focus but it's almost I'm almost glad it's out of focus and not super sharp because it's kind of like making you fill in and you can still clearly see the emotion but it's like it's a blur I'll have to share yeah. that photo sometime soon but yeah yeah that was I was so bummed out oh man so but like you said like so, but some of the, like, some of those are, um, like really good like that. Like, and honestly slap art onto it and then you can like, you know what I mean? And it's, I seen one, I seen one, I saw one, um, that was a touch out of focus, but it was so good of, um, Shayla, like jumping into the back area. Um, mm-hmm. and it was a great photo. I mean, you could, it was definitely out of focus, but it was still really good. Um, yeah, because you, you can still see what was going on. And you, you, yeah. your, your brain just fills in the details. And there's definitely some like artistic yeah. uh, flair you can throw into it to make it, you know, it's a blurry photo, but it's still cool. Exactly. And it was super powerful. Um, yeah. But yeah, I like that photo a lot. Uh, I was so, the, go ahead. No, 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 please. I was like, I was, I was so anxious about like where I could go when we were in the back. Uh, like when I started testing the waters and kind of walking up the stairs to the, on the, onto the platform behind the competition stage. And so I was like, I don't know if I can be here, but I'm just going to kind of like one step at a time until somebody says like, yo, get off. Like you can't be here. Yeah. And I remember being up there, like taking photos of, uh, some of the girls that were sitting down waiting to, to go on. And there was one official standing there and he looked like a bodyguard, right? It was a guy that mm-hmm. just kind of like this. And I'm crouched down and him and I make eye contact and just kind of like looks down at me. I'm like, oh, here it is. Like, I'm going to get yelled at. And coolest thing ever. Like he saw that I was taking a photo and he just kind of like takes a step back to kind of clear, clear a path for me to take the photo. And that's when I knew, like he didn't say anything, but I knew I'm like, all right, we're cool. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, I think we all experienced a very similar situation with that Marshall because we were given very explicit directions to one like we were only allowed if we were okay. We were all sent this email. You you know what I'm talking about, right? Where it's like okay, if you're on the looking, if you were like standing on the platform and you're about to take the bar, on the left side of the platform you could have stationary cameras. And on the right side of the platform, you could be moving around back and forth, but you weren't allowed mm-hmm. in front of the lifters. Um, and you definitely weren't allowed behind the lifters. And so we like Matt, Ryan, Stu and I, we roll up and uh, I think it was either Matt or Stu was like, I'm going to go see if I can get in the back room. Um, at this point, I'm like already overstimulated and an anxious wreck. Um, so I was just like, yeah, you cool. You go for it. I'm going to figure out how to set up my video camera. Um, and they both kind of went back there. Matt set up a locked off camera on Ryan Sester. Uh, and Sue just started to shoot photos. And then Ryan went around to the other side. Um, and he found like a more sneaky way. Um, 
And so I just ended up well, like he's Ryan came back. He said, yeah, back room looks fine. Everything's cool. Like no one's telling us to get out. So I followed him back there. And then, um, yeah, I think we all had a very similar experience where like we were testing, like, okay, can I, can I like take a photo here? You can get up here. Is a marshal going to see me? Like I'm going to get in trouble. But ultimately like no one followed those rules, <laughs> which yeah. is, yeah. But it's really interesting because uh, in some competitions they'll have hard and fast rules and then they'll be like, yeah, we're adhering to these rules very strictly and you are not allowed to do anything that we told you you can't do. Um, mm -hmm. And then other competitions, they'll not give you any rules and then you show up there and then they're like, okay, you can't do this, this or this. And then it's just, it's a mixed bag. You never know what rules you have to adhere to or if you're going to get rules at all. I got, I got... I got top two. I got a little slap on the hand at the Celeste Center. Oh yeah. By, uh, by Susie. Yeah. I was like, it was one of my my good friends' final clean and jerk attempt, and like, I, dude, I don't know. I, I was like, just like so, I gotta get this cool photo, and I went behind the competition platform, not behind the curtain. I went like behind Ooh. the comp platform. Yeah. And like, yeah, I took the photo. Worth it, by the way. <laughs> the photo came out great. But then, yeah, I was like in the back room and then uh, Susie finds me and she's like, hey, I got to talk to you. And she told me like, hey, listen, uh, an official says that, you know, you were in the, you were behind the platform. Like, that's a big no, no, da, 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 da. She's like, it's not a big problem. Like, not a big deal. Don't worry about it. Like, just don't do that again. She's like, you, yeah, you, not what you're supposed to do. Right. Uh, funny thing was that she's like, I'm just I'm glad I got to you and got to talk to you in person first before you read the email I sent you because the email uh, probably would sound a lot scarier than what I'm telling you right now. So I was like, oh, okay, cool, thanks. And so after we got, got done talking, she was super like super nice about it. I was like, I'm so sorry, like I won't do that again. She's like, no, 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 just now, now you know. Um, I open up my phone, I go on my email and it's just this like very formal uh, email saying like, you know, you violated the rules and this, and there was just like a lot of big scary words, like violated your, your credentials going to be revoked. And I was like, Oh, I'm so glad you found me before I read this. Cause I would have freaked. Like they're going to hunt me down and kick me out of the Celeste center. That's funny. I mean, I'm glad that, that, uh, it all turned out great. And Susie was able to talk to you. Um, so that's, that's Susie, if you watch this, sorry. <laughs> I don't know if Susie listens, but Susie, you're great. <laughs> yeah honestly since um we're getting so off topic on so many things oh well Susie um is so she took over her and um Brandon took over the social media because it used to be two other people um Kevin and Kelsey and they were great um but Susie and Brandon I am I'm I really like the direction that they took the social media for USAW um and sharing more um just more stories, more of other photographers work and stuff like that. And just like, just all, honestly, just sharing more and just like being more active on the social medias um, and commenting on things and just being like a, like part of the experience with social media. Um, and I'm really glad that they took it in that direction. Um, yeah. Uh, but that's, I guess, neither here nor there, but other than the say, guys doing great yeah it is it's, it's been looking really good yeah uh so i guess um what are you uh i, I i'm assuming you had a good like turnout and everything and that you had a really good experience at this competition are you wanting to do more things like this oh 100 percent. i'm like debating on going to masters nationals in a couple weeks Okay. So like you and a bunch of other people are going. It's just a matter of like logistics. If I can make it happen and just take time off work again. Like, hey guys, I'm taking off. Um, so I, I definitely caught the bug when I was out there. It was, it was, I have never been that exhausted. Yeah. Taking photos. Like that was yeah. pretty brutal, but I loved every second of it. It was so yeah. fun. Like I had, that, this was, so my first national meet photographing but also my first kind of competition where I was just there to kind of like kind of hang out outside mm -hmm. of obviously like taking photos for people. Mm -hmm. So it was really cool to, to go and like walk around the venue when I wasn't, you know, busy shooting for somebody. 
Um, like I walked to the front and I spoke to some of the vendors. I walked to the front and like uh, spoke to the, the the folks that were kind of uh, greeting people or checking people's credentials at the very front. Yeah. So I kind of talked to them. I hung out with them. Um, so it was like hectic and I was super busy, like we all were, but it was also very kind of like relaxed. Like I wasn't stressed out about like coaching or, or competing. Um, like to me, taking photos is like super easy. So that was, it was definitely a, a different, uh, like feel that what I'm used to in, in the past, like my past experience is going to competitions. It was either to go to compete or go coach. It was never just like completely off to the side and just kind of like, you know, as a photographer, you're like basically spectating and you're kind of capturing those moments as you're watching them happen. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I was, I was super stoked. Like I, I was going to bed at like 3am every night just kind of was like searching through photos like oh my god like there's this one photo i took i really want to look at it and i saw I'd, I'd look at it and kind of work on it a little bit we'd wake up at 6 a.m the next day so i'd get maybe three hours of sleep yeah feet were on fire i definitely uh number one rule of photography is shoes good shoes i learned this i uh i don't adhere to that rule at all uh so Man. gosh uh so ryan he's again the owner of lifting life um whenever we can we wear flip-flops um that's so bad like oh my toes would fall off but i guess i'm i'm so used to it like i'm i'm used to doing these kinds of events like at least twice a month so like i'm just kind okay. of like my feet are a little bit more conditioned for it i guess and it doesn't bug me at all i prefer to be in if I could walk around barefoot the whole time, I would. I was just about to say, pretty soon we're going to see you walking around barefoot. So I did that in Hawaii, and uh, I accidentally kicked a couple barbells, and like I busted Oof. my toe. Um, and uh, Brandon just kind of laughed. At me. So Brandon was new, like that. Brandon brought, was brought on to USAW for the Hawaii camp, and then he um, started working for USAW after that. Um, but he gave me so much shit because i busted my toe and then i did it i it happened once like the first couple days we were there and then towards the end of the camp i the same fucking toe i broke it again oh no yeah you gotta find some like steel toed sandals yeah yo (laughs) there's the ticket crocs that's hilarious um yeah i'm really glad i'm excited that you because i've seen a lot of the work that you've put out from the arnold um and i've talked to a lot of people who've seen your work and uh, you're doing really good and i since i've seen um what you do what i really enjoy is that you it doesn't necessarily look realistic sometimes like your colors are very wild um for some of the photos i've seen and mm-hmm. there's just something really uh, it's really cool about it because when i'm shooting i'm trying to think about how i see things and how i remember things and that's how i like to photograph um and i was kind of curious like how, how did you develop your style because it's quite unique um it's one thing i really dig about Stu's work and viv's work is that it's just a very unique look um yeah. and whenever you see a photograph by any one of y'all it's very you can tell who it is um so how did you develop that style um i guess i'll have to go back to like when i first started learning the basics of photography uh there's this guy on youtube i don't know if you're familiar with him but he's his name is peter mckinnon oh yeah um yeah so like he basically i watched everything i learned as far as the basics goes were from his videos and uh all his photography is very he's he's like a landscape photographer he does product photography and all sorts of other stuff but a lot of his work is very moody like very dark and moody mm-hmm. and so when i was doing a lot of my photos uh before i even shot weightlifting i was like taking photos of like you know like uh coffee knives that i had around like kind of doing what he was doing kind of and practicing that but then like once i got into into the weightlifting i already had that like preference in my head like i like the dark and moody stuff so when I would take my photos and like go back to edit them, um, if it works, I, I tend to like to push it more towards the dark and moody side. Mm-hmm. Definitely like a lot, 
I feel like it's a, it adds an interesting vibe to it. Cause I mean, the way I approach weightlifting, it's like everybody knows in weightlifting, everybody knows what a snatch and a clean jerk looks like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, if I just take a, a pretty standard photo of a snatch and a standard photo of a clean and jerk, you're like, okay, cool. Like I've seen that a million times. Like what about it? So something I try and keep in mind is like, okay, how do I make, how do I take a photo and like make it so that this is like the first time someone's seeing a clean and jerk in this way or a snatch mm-hmm. in this way or like anything in between, like in the warm up room, gripping a bar, whatever it is, tying their shoes. Um, how can I make it look like it's the first time anyone's ever seen that being done? And I feel like giving it some kind of flair and post definitely helps. Like a lot of Viv's photos, man, like it blows my mind how creative she gets with some of her her photos. And I definitely kind of like took some tips from her and applied it to how I start shooting photos for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I do definitely sometimes like I look I look at photographs that you've taken and it looks so natural. And like it just looks like it was straight out of camera and it looks so good. I'm like, dude, why don't I wanna make my photos look kinda like that too, you know? <laughs> Uh, well, I'm, I'm like, I'm a very lazy editor, um, mm-hmm. in that I try to, my style is definitely like make it as basically if I had to give up all of my raw files that people would look at and just be happy with it and not be like, uh, this kind of looks like shit or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. but so I work really hard while I'm documenting to make it look exactly how i want it to look so that when i get to post it's literally just like put my preset on copy paste export (laughs) yeah and uh, and i really like uh, and i I talked about this about i talked to Stu about this all the time of um everyone's like different uh approaches to production and post-production and things like that um and i admire being able to do the really cool flares and adding all these different effects and things um i just i whenever i try to do it to my own photographs i hate it i hate the process of it i hate what it looks like i hate everything about it but then i see the work that you do or the work that viv does um and some of the stuff that Stu does where he does some wild things in post it's incredible yeah i just i can't stand it (laughs) it's there's i mean what took me a long time to get some of the photos from the arnold out was um i like i always tell this people like my taste is here and like my skill is here so there's so many times where i have these ideas in my head and like i'm working on a photo for literally like an hour or more like i've I've sat on a photo for days because i have this idea on what i want a photo to look like and like i just can't get it there um or i'll just like i'll settle on something like okay this is this is close this is as close as i'm gonna get and what's the saying like uh better better good than perfect i don't know what the the saying is but basically just like get stuff out doesn't matter if it's perfect or not but uh like don't get don't let perfect get in the way of good or something like that something like that yeah it's like good is better than done is better than i don't know I'll, I'll, I'll we'll get back to that saying yeah but it's it's definitely frustrating sometimes because i'm like dude like if i could just take a photo that just like looks clean and natural um i'd save myself all this this freaking heartache of feeling like i suck at doing what i do because i can't get what i have in my head like onto that onto that photo so it's definitely cool when you get like a very like flary photo out there but sometimes like just a simple shot is is more than enough. Yeah, and I think they're both necessary. I think they're both like both styles are great and they both have a place. Um and so I don't I don't think there's anything wrong uh with like wanting to do one thing or the other. But spending mm-hmm. days on a photo, I just I would blast my head through so many walls. Dude, I would yeah, hate it. But if that's your style and that's what you like to do, well, it didn't sell. It's, like wor- it's do, worth it in the end, man. When you there you go. It, when you finally get it done, uh, it's it's delayed gratification, is what it is. There you go. Okay, that's good. Um, but yeah, I think it's I, I think it's important to know that that's something that you're that you're comfortable with and something that you 
um, enjoy doing and that you know that the outcome is worth it. Um, yeah. And uh, when you were talking about um, how you sometimes wish you could just get like your idea right away instead of like having to chip away at it for a couple days. And I mean, you've been shooting seriously, it sounds like for about two years. And so it's just going to take, yeah. Yeah. So it's just going to take lots of hours and just lots of time of doing it. Um, uh, and so it's it's something that will develop, um, and you'll still have like times we have to spend 20 hours on something cause you can't quite get it right. Um, or like you feel yeah, like I'm you sure can't like, get it right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just got my camera back recently, right. From getting repaired. And yeah. I told myself like, you know what, I'm gonna be a good student of photography. Like there's probably more than half of the settings on the menu. Like, I don't even know what they do. So I'm yeah, like, I need to. I need to like know and understand a hundred percent of this camera. And I think once that happens, we'll be well on our way. Yeah, to some good stuff. It's important, but like like we were talking about before, like knowing the fundamentals and like the fact that you're um, uh, shooting film and learning how to be selective with what you shoot, like uh, that goes so much further than knowing what all the menu settings you can have are right but like those things help and that will make your life a lot easier um for sure and really quick uh i didn't realize that my r5 could do continuous autofocus i learned this this past weekend i've had my r5 since uh, i think april of 2020 is that right so uh, so I've so had you, it, like just how were you shooting before then? Before you figured uh, that out. So single shot autofocus, wherein you just like find your focal point and then like you either like hold your like half press the shutter button and it like locks on, um, or just manual focus. Um, Dude, and I've gone more you can into save yourself so much now, <laughs> so much. Um, but I I re- I like to shoot manual focus. Um when like things are like if i've been to a venue before and like i know what it looks like and stuff to like challenge myself and to keep things kind of interesting i like to like force myself to manual focus um Mm -hmm. because it just adds like an an adds an element of challenge um uh and it's just fun like it's more fun for me to be able to shoot out of i'm sorry manual focus um but dude now i'm a continuous autofocus that's gonna i mean well i mean now having i've had it for two years I doesn't freaking use it um <laughs> but so all this to say you can get by without necessarily knowing all of the intricate parts but having the intricate parts figured out will definitely help dude i'm gonna see you show up to meets in like a leather jacket and just like super strapped up like continuous focus baby and just like oh my gosh yeah yeah watch out world dude unstoppable <laughs> unstoppable uh for um, anyone that didn't know that was definitely sarcasm i'm definitely not thinking that way right now um <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude i gotta ask man like because you you've been around you know for a couple of years uh i mean i guess like when did you because i know you started your photography at least with like photographing weightlifting like at your gym right uh In wisconsin yeah, so when I uh, I started, so I learned to shoot film um, back in like 2012, mm-hmm. 2011, 2012. And uh, so I was shooting that way for a while. Um, but then when I got to college and I found weightlifting, I started to pick up video. And so I was just shooting video of everything. Um, mm-hmm. And so... Uh, I was doing that. I started doing that around like 2014, 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just filming around the gym um, and kind of doing it against the rules because we weren't allowed to have cameras or anything at the gym, but I uh, skirted by that a little bit. Uh, and then when my team started to go to different competitions and stuff, um, that's where I started to kind of get my uh sort of my style of what i wanted to shoot which was mostly like everything except for the competition lifts i personally find competition lifts to be kind of boring um 
Yeah, which, it goes back to what I said earlier. Like we all know what they look like. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I just started to like shoot the back room and um and I was mostly shooting video and then uh twenty fuck twenty eighteen AO finals, my uh then coach Adam uh Latella was the coach of the Northern Michigan University Olympic training site and um I was living in Madison at the time where I live now. Um Mm-hmm. and I'd graduated from college and everything, but he wanted me to document the uh, OTS's team um, in Milwaukee, which for me is like an hour drive. Um, so I took time off work, and I uh, got a hybrid camera, which was not something I knew existed before because um, my yeah, experience was-, was like, with a shitty digital camera, like a shitty photo digital camera, a camcorder, mm-hmm. and then a film camera. So something that could mesh the two together in a really awesome way was not something I'd heard of before. Um, so I bought an A6400, um, which is a crop-censored uh, Sony. And uh, I went to Milwaukee, and I just started shooting around um, – and I got a couple of photos of a couple of lifters that I looked up to for a really long time. And uh, then the next competition, uh, like national competition, was in Chicago, which again is like a two-hour drive for me, and it was a month later. So I uh, drove down to Chicago and I shot that, and then I just kind of kept coming to events. Um, yeah, it seems like like a lot kind of like happened to you at once, didn't it? Like you had a lot yeah. of opportunities, like. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with, um, just having a lot of people kind of support and like what I was doing from the jump, um, and kind of the way that I saw weightlifting and the way that I saw, um, like these relationships and stuff over time. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, if it weren't for, people liking it right from the start. I don't know if I would still be doing this, but um, yeah. I just kind of like bought plane tickets to wherever these things were at. And I um, had a couple of friends that were in the sport. And then um, I owe a lot of uh, what I'm able to do now to Amy and Greg. Um, Cause they were folks who saw what I was doing from uh, very early on when I started to actually like put my stuff out there and they latched on really quickly and um, pretty quickly became friends with Amy and Greg and then uh, their team. And so, um, yeah, a lot of it's That's due awesome, to man. them. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess like, so having started from there to now where there's obviously a lot more, I think like, photographing weightlifting has gotten a lot more popular. Yeah. Um, like, I think like years ago, like I only knew of you and Viv, like you guys to me were the weightlifting photographers. I hadn't quite learned about Stu yet, but I remember like you guys, both of you guys were like the weightlifting photographers. And so flash forward, fast forward to now, uh, like, I guess I'm, I'm wondering like how, how do people, photographers like you, and I should ask Viv, so like, I can ask her later too, feel about like, like where it's going and how it's, where it's going and how it's growing. Like being in the back room and seeing like, you know, I'm back there, you know, Snappy Patchy's back there, Six for Six is back there, like more people back there. And I'm pretty sure as the years goes on, like there might be more and more. Yeah. Um, yeah. I personally get a little concerned only because i don't want everyone to lose the access to the back room um because that's where like if you've been to a weightlifting competition you know like that's where that's where the magic happens like that's where everything interesting happens um and so so long as as we can as a group um make sure that we're not getting in the way and that we're not hindering competition at all um i think that we should be i think it's great i love that there's so many people there um and there's so many different perspectives um and i love what it does for the athletes it gives athletes 
so many like it just they can see themselves in so many different lights and so many different perspectives from these people who think they're amazing and mm-hmm. um i'm a huge fan of it i'm uh, the only worry i have is um that it gets to the point where there are either too many or to the point where it becomes an issue where photographers in the back um start to become a uh like a problem if that makes sense for sure that's definitely a thought i had like i think growth in a lot of ways is i mean in this sense it's like kind of a double-edged sword like it's awesome that i mean we're getting more people interested in weightlifting which makes which brings more avenues for people to get exposed to weightlifting through everyone's different like media platform but at the same time like you know like you were saying at competitions like where will there ever be like a like a cutoff like okay no more photographers like yep. too many and like there's there's no shortage of local meets so it's like photographers yeah. want to go to local meets like boom, like there's your where, there's your place but i'm pretty sure a lot of photographers would like to go and shoot the fun big national meets yeah but i definitely wonder like you know as as things progress like will usaw be like all right man there's too many of y'all back there creeping around yeah um and uh, i yeah so that's like my only concern do you i guess the the only solution i have to this that doesn't become an issue is having a vetting process where um either like there's a mentorship sort of program or like literally anything so that and it sounds over the top and i understand it probably is over the top but just to make sure that um photographers that are getting into it know what the rules are um know what they can and can't do um and that sort of thing so that it doesn't become an issue um because i've gone to a couple international events now and uh what ends up happening is that there will be no media coverage for like a lot of the sessions and then for the big sessions there'll just be a flood of so many media people and they get in the way uh, when I say they get in the way, I mean like of production companies that are there, like trying to do the live streams, they get in the way of mm-hmm. um, technical officials and things like that. So I think that's like the biggest concern for me is like having seen that and knowing that was like not even in the back room. Like we're not allowed in the back room at those events that's out like on the competition floor that these sorts of things are happening. Um, so I don't know a good solution to that problem. But I think if if it continues to grow and if it ever becomes an issue, I hope that that was a solution that would be reached is that there's some sort of vetting process instead of like, nope, nope, no one's allowed back there anymore. Yeah. Um, so, but I guess we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll find out. Yeah, because, you know, like in, in other aspects, you know, like people are always like, oh, you know, back in the day, it was just, it was just us. It was just, you know, we were the ones that were running the show and now there's like all these new people coming in and yeah. so like i'm very aware of like you know of that happening i definitely don't like for myself i definitely don't want to be that guy that's like coming in late in the game and like not ruin things but uh just get in the way you know because ultimately we want to help progress stuff yeah because ultimately what we're there to do we're there to be there for the athletes and we're there to promote the sport and sure. You can't do that if you're fucking things up. Yeah. Like that's it's just it, it you can't live in both worlds, right? Mm-hmm. Um so that's like the only concern that I have. Otherwise, I think it's fantastic. I really I'm so glad that there's so many new perspectives in on the sport. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely uh, exciting to see where things will go. Exactly, yeah. And especially with all the technology now like different live streams and stuff like that. Um and people having better live streaming cameras and people having different commentary sorts of things. Like there's a lot of directions that could go, but yeah, I guess I'm excited for that too. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything uh, that you wanted to say that I haven't asked you yet? Oh man. Um, nothing that comes to the top of my mind right now. Um, like, I mean, I, it was, it was definitely, such a treat to to be at this event and like and see all the photographers in person that i looked up to um 
you know, seeing you there, seeing Stu, Viv and, and Valence and, and all those people and like getting to actually interact with them was an awesome experience. If anything, so Viv messaged Valence and I and was like, who's going to go to the Arnold? Like, are you guys interested in going? Let's get an Airbnb together. And like, I'm over here like, dude, Viv, Viv just included me in this group message, you know, to go with them to the Arnold. And so that was basically like, before that, I was like, oh, I might go, I might not. Like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. But when I got that invite, I'm like, how can I pass up getting an invite from, from Viv and getting included with them and the opportunity to basically share an Airbnb with these awesome photographers. And yeah. I thought of it as like, I'm going to go photograph a weightlifting competition, but it's also almost like I'm going to maybe get the opportunity to be like in a little, it's almost like a seminar. Cause I get to share, I get to be under the roof with like some awesome photographers and we didn't get just because we were so busy by the time we would all got back home, it was super late, but we got like one night where all three of us, like Valence, myself and, and Viv are all in the kitchen, like on our computers working through stuff. And we had, we had a good conversation about photography and just stuff like that. Um, that was probably one of the highlights for me of that trip was just kind of getting to, to sit down with people I look up to and, you know, listen to how they look at how, with their, with their perspectives on, on photography and life around it was so that was that was a really cool bonus for me going to this trip for that's sure awesome, dude yeah i'm really yeah. glad you got that experience that's really cool um where can uh where can folks find you um pretty much on instagram squatches media that's that's you where spell I'm that? on squatches so so i guess a quick background on that like so my last name is sanchez so it's just a play on my last name sanchez squatches um that's how it came around but it's s-q-u-a-t-c-h-e-z squatches and then underscore media awesome so that's that's where i'm around most of these days i'm definitely looking into creating uh some other things like a website and like to, to put up galleries and whatnot for people to go on there and and uh take a look so hell yeah awesome um and uh if you're listening to this you know where to find me at barbell stories on everything um and then uh i guess we'll hop off and then i'll see if i can uh get this nikon lens to you <laughs> dude that would be awesome man awesome um yeah thanks so much for coming on dude i had a lot of fun and uh we definitely hey, man, we should what's up i was gonna say we Go definitely ahead. didn't talk about everything that i thought we were going to but i'm really glad the direction it took sweet yeah okay good there's there's just too much to cover yeah i agree there's too um, much to cover so we should definitely do a part two and then i'm sure part two will not even cover what we want to talk about so probably not we should definitely try and do this again sounds good brother thank you so much for hopping on sweet man thanks for inviting me